the cable. <laughs> by the short cable. All right. Are we live? Yeah, we're live. Are we live? Okay. All right, guys. We are here live. We're going to talk real quick about uh, a couple things. Oh, man. Can I just say real quick? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, uh, we're doing Super Chat tonight, so questions will be answered in the way of Super Chats. So I don't know what that means, but Dave does. Explain it to me. So what happens is, is people pay to get their questions prioritized. <laughs> okay. So since we don't always get to all the questions, we'll prioritize them based on uh, okay. people's donations. Hey, that's a cool idea. That's Who, cool, right? I wish I would have designed that app. What, what, what do you mean? That would, that'd be a cool app you could use. You use that to, like, is that just through YouTube? Uh, I mean, I think so. <laughs> you have no idea. We're working on it. All right, so. Okay, so look, I'm going to do a quick little maybe like 15, 20, which I'm a little long-winded, so it'll probably turn into 30 minutes. Um, but I have been seeing all this talk about... I've been seeing all this talk about the bare-knuckle fightings with Artem Loboff and Pauly Malnagy. Now, I, a couple things that I want to talk about. Let's let's put all of the other let's put let's talk just this fight and let's talk bare knuckle fighting and also let's talk MMA versus boxing. You are taking two sports that are completely different but have some similarities like boxing and boxing and you know the the fighting aspect of it the heart of a fighter and and uh fighters are just cut from a different cloth and they can just find ways to win not just in fighting but normally like in life i feel um the thing is is you're taking those two separate things and you're putting them all together into one thing called bare knuckle fighting now I want everyone to understand, Paulie is for sure, hands down, if this was a boxing match, I don't think Artem would probably get out of the first or second round. If it was just boxing, I would say maybe Artem could survive to maybe the end of the second round. Maybe. Maybe. Okay? If it was just boxing with 8 or 10 ounce gloves, whatever size that they decide to fight at, if they were 147 and below, they'd be fighting with 8 ounce gloves. If they were 154 and above, they'd be fighting with 10 ounce gloves, for those of you guys that don't understand the weights of boxing for the gloves. Now, in MMA, we wear four-ounce gloves. So, that being said, in MMA, the def defense for those things is a lot smaller. So, like, when Paulie is able to block in the, the shots with his boxing gloves that are 8 and 10 ounces, he will not be able to do that so much with the MMA gloves. Now, I'm going to shock the world here, and I'm going to tell you guys... First, I think that Artem Loboff is not getting the respect that he deserves when it comes to this fight. Now, if it was MMA, I'd pick Artem all day. If it was just boxing, I'd pick Pauly all day. But this is bare-knuckle fighting. Bare-knuckle boxing is a lot more like MMA than we think it is. Now, take away from what Artem has done with uh, Jason Knight. That fight was literally two MMA guys trying to box. Okay? That is not what bare knuckle boxing is. If you understand real bare knuckle boxing and what this, what the rules are allowing, Paul Malinaji, he probably may not win this fight. And I'm going to say there's a good chance he doesn't win this fight. Artem Loboff can beat him, and the way he beats him is by dirty boxing him. Okay? Boxers are not used to that. Boxers think that he... Paulie's going into this thing and that it's going to be a boxing match. This is not going to be a boxing match. This is going to be Artem 
walking forward, trying to dodge punches, getting to the clinch, and just doing the dirty boxing. Like Randy Couture grabbing the head, clinching on the head, uppercutting, hooking. He's going to be trying to do those things. Where Paulie's used to like, okay, ref steps in, they're going to break, okay, back out standing. No, that's not going to happen. Artem's going to take a couple of those shots, and he's going to walk him down, and he's just going to start dirty boxing him to the body, to the head. He's going to keep one hand on the clinch, and he's going to hit in the uppercuts, going to be hitting the right hooks. He's going to be hitting everything. Now, I'm not saying that Pauly is not going to win this. I'm not saying that Pauly can't win this fight. I'm just saying that if Artem Lobov uses the rules to his advantage, I think he has a very good chance of winning this fight. A very good chance of winning this fight. And I'm not gonna I'm gonna say even more than a seven, I'd say 60 to 70% chance of winning this fight. The other thing is Paulie's not a big guy. Artem and him are about the same size, if not Artem being maybe a little bit bigger than him. And the fact that Artem has the, the MMA aspect of it and understanding how to control the body against the ropes. Control the control the clinch in a tie clinch or in any type of like pummeling position. I'm gonna lean more towards Artem winning this fight if Artem fights smart. Dan, uh, let me just make this very clear. I just said if. Did you guys hear that? Because I just said if. Did you guys? You guys need to make sure that you put like an underline under that with quotations. If he fights smart, if he fights the way that I'm suggesting he fights right now. Paulie will not be ready for that. There's not anything, like, you know how people say you can't teach a grown man how to wrestle? Especially if you want to teach a grown man how to wrestle against, like, an Olympian or, you know, a three- or four-time national champ. It's just not going to happen. You can't take somebody who's Paulie's age and all of a sudden teach him how to do clinch work and teach him how to dirty box from that position. Sure, I'm sure that he's probably dirty boxed a couple times in the gym. He understands, like, you know, he's done it thousands of times maybe in boxing but you have to remember this you're dirty boxing against guys that are boxers also that don't really practice that they don't practice it as much as the guys that are fighting mma this like our whole a lot of that's our game plan is getting to the clinch grabbing the head trying to hit uppercuts trying to hit little hooks little chopping elbows those type of things learning how to dirty box in a close range now do i think paulie has a paulie does have a small chance of winning this fight he has a chance only if Artem does not fight smart. And I, do I think that when it comes to if Artem stays in the distance and keeps range and doesn't try to do what I'm suggesting he does, it's going to be a long night for Artem Lobov. So Lobov, if he fights him smart, Pauly, I think Pauly loses, I would say, 60, maybe even 70% chance that Pauly loses. As the fight goes on, Pauly could be in the in phenomenal shape but this is not a normal boxing match where you can stick and move you guys clinch you punch your you punch boom you guys clinch and the rest is okay guys break you get back outside and you stick and move and you guys clinch okay ref breaks you it's not going to be like that he's going to walk you down he's going to put you in the corner of the ropes or against the ropes he's going to hold your head he's going to pummel with inside the arms for the inside clinch and he's just going to let go of some nasty body shots some nasty uppercuts Maybe in a couple of like sneaky elbows because you've been disrespecting him this whole time. You've slapped him. You've spit on him. You've done all these things. What do you think? If he happens to throw a little elbow and cut you or if he happens to headbutt you and the clinch or anything along those lines, I'm telling you right now, no, I don't. 
I don't think a whole lot of people are going to stop it. This is not boxing, Polly. And I, as much as I like Polly, I actually really do enjoy his commentary when he when he does uh, when he covers boxing. And I actually have always kind of enjoyed watching him fight. Flashy, flamboyant, has that charisma when he's in there fighting. I, I kind of like that type of thing. You know, I think it's pretty cool that he does that. He you know he's a personality in the sport, and I really respect that. And there's no other reason not to. I, I actually like the way he's hyping this fight up. I think he's the reason why this fight is getting so much publicity. Because if you talk to Artem Lobov, it's like talking to a fucking brick wall, and you can see sometimes he just doesn't know what to say but the one thing you can't take away from Artem, Artem Lobov though is that he's a fighter man he's a true true fighter at heart he's a real fighter he's somebody that he will take a shot to give a shot he will keep walking forward he has not been disrespectful at all I was actually just talking to Chael P. Sonnen about this the other day he's been nothing but respectful you know, and 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 even like to, if you actually go through and you listen to some of what Chael had said, Chael said some of the same stuff that I'm about to say too. He's been I, I can't ever think of a moment where he's been a prick, and I'm thinking to myself like, and I'm friends with Khabib, I'm friends with the with the Dagestani guys, and they trained at AK, and but I don't know what he did to 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 attract that attention from from the Russians, from the Dagestani guys. And I don't know what happened. And, and honestly, it just, it was a lot of things that I guess apparently were just said. And he just happened to be the guy that was in the crosshairs of it. And that's why Connor did what he did. But all this time of this, pro, this uh, preparation or leading up to this fight and the promoting of this fight, Arno's been pretty respectful, man. All in all, he's been pretty damn respectful. So that being said, uh, like he, he has... He hasn't done anything that would warrant him for people not to like him or not to think that he doesn't have a chance. I think that people are looking at this fight as it being a boxing match. This will not be a boxing match if Artem Lobov fights smart. You guys have to know the rules of bare knuckle fighting. You guys have to understand the rules to bare knuckle fighting. And I think what I'm going to do just so we can go through all of this one, of, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna maybe even reach out to Big John McCarthy. Maybe, maybe like next week, we'll maybe try to have him on for a split second and see if we can get him. Because Big John understands these rules probably better than any person that there is. Um, he just, he this, he knows, he knows exactly what's going on. And if Artem Lobov fights this fight smart, he has every chance of beating Pauli Malignaggi. And you guys, I'm telling you guys right now, you guys heard it here first. If if, underline quotations, if Artem Lobov fights the way that I'm suggesting he fights in that dirty, grimy MMA style of dirty boxing, you know, fighting, I think he's got a great chance of winning this fight. If he tries to stick and move and stay on the outside and make it a boxing match, he can get his ass whooped. He's not just going to get his ass whooped. He can get pieced up like a fucking 12-piece. He's going to get his ass whooped. I don't think he's going to be dumb enough to do that. I think he's going to press Polly to the ropes. Maybe put him to the corner, put his weight on him. I think Artem, he's obviously been active. He's physically strong. I think he's just one of those guys that will take a shot to give a shot. He's shown he's got plenty of balls and heart to get in there and throw down. This will not be the same type of fight that he had against Jason Knight. This will be a different type of fight. He's going to get in there and get after it. And I'm telling you guys right now, if he fights a smart fight, he has a great chance of beating Pauly. Now, where does that leave Pauly? That's the question. The question is... Dude, you're supposed to be one of the best boxers. You're fighting a bare knuckle boxing. It's it's not helping you, man. Like, are you? There could be a potential. There could be a chance you lose if you haven't already lost. Your job 
as an analyst working for Showtime or whoever else you work for, or maybe potentially even get picked up by someone, I'm just saying, man, like you out there and you lose to an MMA guy in boxing, which is a bare knuckle boxing, even though we know it's not the same rules as real boxing, it, it just it looks bad. It just it looks really bad, and I don't see you getting a job. Maybe you have enough money to live the rest of your life and not have to trip or worry about it. But if you do, I don't understand why you're taking this fight anyways. Then that's the other thing. It's like why are you taking a fight like this? If you don't need the money, and if you do need the money, you have a lot to lose if you lose this fight. Do you think he's just trying to get the corner for the corner fight? That ain't gonna ever happen. It will never ever happen. You guys heard it here first too, okay? Josh Thompson just said right now it, that fight will never ever happen. You don't think ever? No. How's it gonna happen? You don't think like how Connor could get the, to work inside the UFC? Because Connor isn't Connor isn't a grand well, person anyway. Yeah, I know. So. But what what I heard though, this is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that the UFC has pressured him to fight in the UFC. Okay, and the problem is though is that he right now is up in the air. So until he fights in the UFC, it may happen. I'd say in a couple years from now, but by then, Paulie will be. I don't know how old he's. You know, I don't even know how old he is though. So all that stuff being all that stuff being said, I just don't think it's gonna happen, man. I don't think any of that's gonna happen. Thirty eight. Oh, he's 38 years old. So if they let's just say they fight in two years, it'll be 40. What's Connor going to be? 31? Yeah. That's not even fair. That's not even fair. And if it's a bare knuckle fight or is it a real boxing match? Yeah. Sure. At 31 years old, if Connor's to, you know, get his shit together and stop messing around outside of the cage and focus back where he when he had first started training and getting back on track of what he's maybe he is. But I'm simply saying that I think if that Connor McGregor was to get ready for a 40-year-old Pauly in just boxing, I would think there's probably a good chance. Because I know physically, and I speak from experience because I am 40, 41 years old, that it, your body just doesn't do what it used to do. And no matter how much you would like it to do that, your chin is not the same, your your conditioning is not the same, your body's just not the same. We're seeing a little bit already with Anderson Silva. He took a, a weird kick, and his body just can't hold up. You just can't take those type of kicks. You just your body just is not physically strong enough to do that anymore. And a forty-year-old Polly is not—I don't, I don't think—would be good enough to beat a thirty-one-year-old Conor McGregor. Not in, even in just straight boxing. You know, it may be a close fight, but I don't think he's going to beat him. Yeah, I don't think he can get in physical. Here's the thing: he's not going to fight for another two years. That's the thing with Polly. He's, like, he, he's not getting any boxing matches in. He's not active as a fighter. This fight here, he hasn't been. I don't know when the last time. When was the last time Paulie fought? He fought Connor in a training session. That's not fighting. Wait, wait. I'm gonna quote my boy Allen Iverson. We're talking about practice. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? We're talking about practice, man. Get the fuck out of here. We talking about practice? Look, that's not the same, man. There's nothing you can do. And, and yeah, he fought in 2017 again. 17. So March. what is this? 2019. Two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah. Almost. And then that'll be if let's just say he was to fight Connor in two more years. It'd be 40. Be, he probably won't fight after this fight for another two years. I don't think it's gonna happen, man. I just don't. I, I don't see it ever happening. It's it's a it's a pipe dream. Connor's gonna walk away with the fact that he's got it on video, dropping Polly, and that's it. That's it. You know. Ouch. All right, you want to get to some of these paid questions? Yeah. <laughs> Why you got to say that? Can you just say questions? Can you just say question? Because the, the priority questions. All right, go ahead. Let's go. All right, Real Real donated $2 and asked. Why? Are you who cares? Just tell us. Right yeah, but ask see. the questions. All right. Real Real asks, how can Colby beat Usman? What's the plan? Who gets a W? You know, I'm going to go with Usman. Colby's been inactive. That's one thing. Uh, the second thing is, is, you know, 
Usman's just on a tear. And when your confidence is at an all-time high like this, and Colby, sure, Colby Covington has always had the confidence as well. But when you take the pedigree of wrestling, there's no doubt that Usman out-wrestles Colby Covington. Now, I understand that MMA wrestling is different from real wrestling. And if you put the two of them on a wrestling mat, Usman would win. If you put the two of them in a cage, I think Usman wins again with MMA wrestling. We saw that with uh, Tyron Woodley. I mean, I had never seen anyone move Tyron Woodley around like that. Like, I wouldn't say ragdolled him, but he was he was putting he was putting the work in. And I think that'll be the same type of um Usman that you get when it comes time to fight Colby Covington. If not, you get a better one. The reason why you get a better one is because he's the champ. He is defending his title for the first time and that hunger I think is still there, especially against Colby Covington. And the, why, and the reason why is because all the shit that Colby Covington talked, I think is going to come to a head if that fight happens. I don't think that fight's going to happen anyways right away. I think that Dana's going to put that on the shelf. I think Dana's a little bit upset about the uh, Colby Covington walking in while he was gambling and, you know, and, and catching him on film uh, gambling in one of the casinos and just happened you know it, it's, it's a you guys gotta watch that video on youtube you guys make your own judgments and your own opinions based on that but I, I i think there's there's some animosity between dana and colby now after all that so i don't think he's getting the title shot uh maybe he is but i could see them giving it to somebody else uh eclipse asks how does uh how does a khabib poyer pan out <sighs> I mean, I'm not just saying it because I'm a homer with uh, with Khabib. I'm just simply saying that I've trained with Dustin. I know it was years ago I trained with Dustin, and I understand that. And Dustin's a different animal now. But I'm just simply saying, I said it earlier, is you can't teach a grown man how to wrestle. Not at the wrestling. You can't teach a grown man how to wrestle at the level of which Khabib is wrestling. And that's the thing. And DC said the same thing about Conor McGregor. Okay? D, like, you just, Conor McGregor could train wrestling every single day and never work a day of stand-up ever again and he would never be as good a wrestler or good enough wrestler to stop Khabib's wrestling and I think the same thing will happen to Dustin Poirier and it's sad it's sad because I really like Dustin I love watching him fight I'd like to see him be champion for a while because I I've always enjoyed watching him fight I'm probably one of his biggest fans man he's just such a great person always positive energy always love listening to him talk on the mic He's a great person, good family man. I love seeing all of his IG posts. If you guys follow him, he's great, man. He's just he's just that, that that fucking smile all the time, just happy guy, always doing good shit. Oh, it just always positive energy. And like you can't can't be mad at people like that. You I enjoy being around people like that, and he's one of them. But just when we're talking the fight game, I don't think there's any way that he beats. Um, I don't think there's any way that he beats uh Khabib. Fair enough. And then TJ asks, how does Sambo stack up against the other martial arts as a base for MMA? Oh, it's probably the best. Hands down, I think it's the best because there's wrestling involved, there's judo involved, plus the clinch work, the grappling, there's jujitsu as well involved, and there's the striking involved. It's really all, all Sambo is, is is MMA, but with the gi top on and Sambo shoes, which anyone knows that Sambo shoes are, they're just a layer of leather. They go across the base of your feet, basically. Like, there's there's really nothing to them. You know what I mean? Some of the guys wear wrestling shoes, like the old red and blue Asics wrestling shoes, to go along with their red and blue gi tops that they wear. I mean, all in all, they wear shin guards. They wear MMA gloves. 
and they they it's it's basically an MMA fight, and they've been doing it since they were kids. Khabib, we had him on our podcast. If you guys haven't listened to it, we've had him on twice. But the second time we had him on, he said he's got over 200 or 250 fights in Sambo. And he's got however many, what is he, 27 and 0 now in MMA. I mean, it's hard for me to say that it does. there's not a better preparation. Because you look at a lot of the guys that are fighting. Islam Makachev, you've got Rustam, uh, I think it's Kabbalah. Or Kabbalah. Anyways, Rustam was, was pretty damn good for a little bit. I don't know if he's... Is, what he's doing now haven't really seen anything as of lately but you have ruslam you have islam you've got uh abu baka who i think just got signed to the ufc um you've got him you got khabib you've got zabit you've got all these guys that grew up doing sambo it's a mixture of judo jujitsu kickboxing wrestling i mean it's it's basically mma it was mma years ago i mean that's i can't think of a better thing to prepare you for MMA, and that's why I think a lot of these guys are so good. That's it for okay questions right now. Uh, okay. Is there anything else? I saw uh, Kobe challenge Mike Perry. I don't know how much you care about that. Kobe um, Covington? Yeah. Uh, Isn't Mike Perry fighting somebody? Mike Perry just got announced that he's fighting uh, another stand-up guy, I think. Is he, he's like a replacement for someone. Uh, there's no news. Mike Perry, no Mike Perry. Yeah, I thought he got. I thought he got put in as a replacement for someone. I thought it was oh, oh Robbie is, Lawler. Is it Robbie the Lawler? Cowboy? No, oh, no, he stepped in again. He's stepping in against uh, Robbie's or his Woodley fell out, right? Yeah, Woodley fell out. I think he's fighting Robbie Lawler. I think is what I heard. And then no, Cerrone's fighting. Um, that's, I mean, the other cowboy, Tony Ferguson. But, yeah, yeah, cowboy. Yeah. No. Um, okay. All right, well, it, that's my take on the Artem Lobov and Pauli Malignaggi uh, fight one. coming up in bare knuckle fighting. What's that? We've got two more. Okay, we'll do two more. Uh, so we got uh, from FaZe BB, BB Cox, uh, Kukui versus Cowboy fight of the year. Kukui by stoppage. Thoughts? Cejudo versus Maharaz. Break it down. So they want... They want to know your thoughts on yeah. Kukui by wins by stoppage and then Cejudo Moraes. Moraes. Um, look, Kukui versus Cowboy. I want everyone to understand. I've said this before. Cowboy's grappling is drastically underestimated. Probably one of the best grapplers in the game. Just doesn't show it as much because he always keeps it standing. Now, Tony Ferguson on the feet versus Donald Cerrone on the feet. I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to Cowboy. Okay. All that being said. The things that Tony brings to the table by doing crazy things is going to put him in positions to do things that Donald's a very straight up and down fighter. He's someone's going to walk you down, try to land kicks, try to land jabs, punch. He's more of a straight up and down fighter. Tony Ferguson's an all over the, the fucking cage type of fighter. And I fought him. So I understand exactly what everyone goes through when they're going to fight Tony Ferguson. I mean, I hit a clean double leg on him, lifted and twisted him and turned. I thought I was going to slam him and he just tucked and rolled with it and fucking next thing you know he's on his feet and I'm like what the fuck just happened those are things that Donald Cerrone will not be able to adjust to we saw a little bit of that when he fought Nate Diaz years ago uh Nate was like punching slapping moving away like laughing pointing 
Those are the type of things that frustrate Donald Cerrone. And I, I don't know if that type of thing, because Donald's younger then, if that type of thing will still bother him now. But I can tell you that the things that, that Tony Ferguson does is just frustrating, I think, for all fighters. He's very off the wall, very different. I just, the one thing that concerns me about Tony Ferguson, is he going to do something to show that he's a showman and he's, he's ready and next in line for the title shot and try to earn his way there again when he doesn't really have to do that? I think a good win over Donald Cerrone catapults him. He's obviously the number one contender. He's been the number one contender for two or three years now. And it's just, it's unfortunate that he went through the knee tear and then the stripping of the interim title. You know, I'm going to lean towards Tony Ferguson. Um, Donald Cerrone is going to be a tougher fight than people think. This is honestly probably one of the best fights I think we're going to have of the year. And I'm excited for this fight. It's an exciting, exciting fight. It just, if he tries to fight him the way he fought Anthony Pettis, I could see Tony Ferguson losing. If he fights him any other way where he fights a smarter fight, I think he has a better chance of winning. I would lean probably more towards Tony Ferguson winning. I'd say 70%, maybe more, 75%. And then Donald, uh, you know, the other 30, 35%, you know. So I would say sometimes, you know, 25, 30%, somewhere in there. Okay. So, I mean, I would... It's going to be a great fight, man. I really feel like you just can't lose with this fight everywhere you go. But just the one thing that Tony's been susceptible to is getting head kicked. And you saw it a little bit with um, with uh, Venata. I want to say it. Uh, Lando Venata, I think is his name is. Anyways, uh, you saw it a little bit with him when he was able to rock Tony with some good shots. I think he hit him with a head kick, I think twice. You know, And Tony was able to scrap and come back. And get the win, but Venata also took that fight on, on like short notice. I want to say like ten days or fourteen day notice. Don Cerrone is getting the fight on short notice as well, but it's like a month long or a month and a half, something like that. And he's coming off of a camp, so he's already in pretty decent shape, uh, you know. And I, it's gonna be interesting. I just feel like Cerrone has a very he does a very good job of setting up that head kick. You saw it against Melvin Gillard when he did it there. He's hit the jab with the head kick. He's done it to several other guys, and he's phenomenal with it, man. He's just phenomenal. He did the same thing to I want to say Rick Story a while. He hit the jab, then he hit the body shot, and he came back up with the head kick. Just phenomenal, man. He just he puts his combinations together really well. It's just a matter of even when the fight goes to the ground, I'm not giving I'm not giving it 100 percent to Tony Ferguson. Donald Cerrone's grappling is fucking phenomenal. So I'm excited to see both these guys fight. This is probably going to be one of the best fights of the year. All right, last one we have right now is who's in the lightweight title picture at the end of the year? Oh, I didn't answer the Cejudo versus Marais. Oh, sorry. So Henry Cejudo and Marais, uh, you know, I'm going to lean towards Marais. Marais is used to dealing with bigger guys. He's also used to the type of wrestling that Cejudo is going to bring with speed. He's trained a lot with Frankie Edgar. Uh, I'm not saying that Frankie's on the level of wrestling that Henry Cejudo is, but I think that that will help. I think over the years has helped him get prepared for someone like Henry Cejudo. I think also Marais is also set in now and found his spot in the UFC. He's comfortable now after having that. I want to say he had a... He lost to Sun Sao his first outing, and then he's just been he's been dropping him off after that ever since then. So I believe he won. Who did he beat? He beat Dotson, Sterling, Aljamain, Aljamain Sterling. He beat Jimmy Rivera, and then he beat Sun Sao to to redeem his one loss that he had. So look, he's ready to go. I I think the size will play a factor. He's gonna be um he's gonna be bigger than him, and I think he's 
I, I just think he's going to be able to, to put it on Cejudo. Cejudo maybe go back to 25. Henry's not a small guy, uh, not a small 25-pounder. I think the 25-pound weight is perfect for him. 35, it's going to be a little bit too big, I think, for him. He's kind of in that catch between the two. I don't think he has a hard time making 25, though, but he's phenomenal, man. He's a phenomenal fighter. So Henry's also showed a ton of gains um, in the last probably, I'd say, two years. He's been looking phenomenal. So, But I, I think Marais is going to probably end up pulling it off. Just overall, all the way around, well-rounded. Even if he gets taken down, I think he's threat off of his back. He's a threat off, threat at getting up back to his feet. He's a threat everywhere. So the speed will be a factor with Henderson Hudo will be faster than him. And uh, will cause some problems, I think, in the early fight, in the early of the fight. But as the weight, as the weight starts to carry over into the third, maybe into the fourth and fifth round, Marais's weight's going to be able, and the strength, the physical strength, though, I think, is going to be a factor as you get in there. Uh, uh, one thing I was, one other thing I want to say is, Marais is, and he's he doesn't fight a lot like Patric uh, Patricio Pitbull. But Patricio Pitbull is a good person to warm, like to basically train with. And Patricio's been training with Henry Cejudo for a while now. And we've seen the gains, I think, from Henry Cejudo with the two of them working together. Same thing for uh, Patricio as well. When we saw that a little bit with uh, Michael Chandler a couple weeks ago. So the two of them, I, I couldn't think of a better training or sparring partner being a 145-pounder in, in Patricio Pitbull. For Henry Cejudo for this fight, that kind of fight like this, so that's perfect. He's got, he's already got a good training partner in that, with, uh, for this fight with uh, Patricio Pitbull. What was the next question? Eclipse asks, who's in the lightweight title picture at the end of the year? Uh, in which division? In, in which which? It, no, but in uh, in the UFC, I'm assuming you're thinking. Yeah, he's he's. In Let me see. At the end of the year. Yep. Ah. Uh, I'm gonna say Tony is still there. Okay. I'm gonna say Dustin drops. I'm gonna say Justin Gaethje. Like he stays in the top five, yeah. Or like he and, and Charles Oliveira. Oh shit! You think Charles Oliveira? Yeah, I think and I think Islam's not gonna be in the title shot in the title contention, but he'll be Islam Makachev will be up there in the top five and six. There's not a guy in that in that weight class that I see beating Islam until you get to like maybe Gaethje, maybe Cerrone, those two guys. Those are the only like Connor. I don't think beats uh, maybe. I mean, it kind of has a chance, but I mean, like I don't think so when he comes down to it. Um, but those those guys, like I could see him. I could see guys like Alec Quinta giving uh, Islam a tough fight, but I don't think Al beats him. Edson Barboza is dangerous, always has a chance of <laughs> potentially beating him. But my guys in the title, title contention <coughs> at the end of the year, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, and I'm, he won't be in the title contention, um, but I would say Islam Makachev. Do you think that, kind of in that five or six. Do you think that guy, Josh Thompson, will be? No, no. <laughs> That guy, Josh Thompson, never wants to see gloves again. Uh, ooh. <laughs> is, is that a little... Uh, Just to beat you up. No, no. <laughs> was that subliminal? No. Okay. Hey, someone's asking about me beating up Sammy, so... Oh. <laughs> um, well, I'm trying to get Dave to, like, commit to being in the gym. His fat ass won't come in, so that's the question. The question is, is that whenever Dave is ready to start training, 
you know, and get off the tit and just come on into the gym and start training. And I give me a full hey. two weeks because the bet was two weeks. Yeah, I'm going to Scotland, though. It's good. That's going to interrupt it. So that interrupts it. When do you get back from Scotland? I get back on the 12th, which is a Wednesday. And then I'm gone until the 24th. So I think we're what's the 24th of Sunday. I don't know. Pro yeah, probably because so no, the 24th is a Monday. Okay. I'm, I'm gone until the 23rd, but it's like late back. I get back late the 23rd at night. The 24th. Would be perfect. Start and then we'll do it. I'll that'll do it through July fourth yep. week and then the week and we gotta live stream it, okay, <laughs> and we'll do this. Okay, <laughs> it's hilarious. I think it's great. Anyways, all right. So uh, we're thinking probably like the twenty fourth. He'll start training. Two weeks later, we'll have the competition. All right. So there you go. And we can probably set us up to stream it there. Nice, perfect. Damn I love it. it. Damn it. It's so great. <laughs> I think I could beat Sammy up right now, but okay, I'll train for two weeks. Um, I think Sammy beats you. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> Last one is from TJ. He says, "If Khabib fights in Dubai, his father will be in his corner for the first UFC fight. Can we expect something different?" No, no, there you go. no. His father, even though it's his father is his head coach or his coach, <clears throat> but no, you will not see anything different. Look, and and uh, there's no reason for him to change anything. Why would he change anything? It's working. Nobody has the answer for what he does. Nobody. I've seen guys in our gym that are two and three time national champs that can't stop his takedown and can't get off the bottom of him from him. So <clears throat> there's no reason for him. I've seen guys that are that fight at 170 and he also 185 that are national champs and get off the, can't get off the bottom of him. So there's no reason for him to change what he's doing. He knows. He knows that. He knows that there's no reason for him to do it. He's going to keep doing what he does. He does it so well. Uh, his muscle endurance, his conditioning, all those things are are there. <clears throat> there's nothing that he needs to change. He can always work on his stand-up, make it a little bit better, but uh, and put it, make it a little bit more clean and crisper. But look, and I had this I had this argument with Brendan Schaub. Brendan Schaub saw the fight between him and Alec Clinton. He's like, oh man, he's going to get smoked. Connor's going to starch him. You can't come to the fight. To, you can't come to fight Conor McGregor with that kind of stand up. Did you guys watch the fight? Who's the only person that got dropped in that fight? Conor McGregor got dropped on the feet. It wasn't like he got dropped when they were ground and pounding. He's, you know, on the way up or something. He caught him. No, he caught him straight on the feet, dropped him, and like that's that's the thing. Like you're so afraid of the takedown. It doesn't matter how good his stand up is. I mean, his stand up is good enough to to make to connect. Because you're so afraid of the takedown. You're so concerned that the takedown's going to happen. That that stops everything and makes you hesitant. I'm, I actually had this conversation a little bit with Joe Schilling. And him doing kickboxing and him doing MMA. He's like, look, it was just too hard. He's like, I, as far as in terms of I was real hesitant on the feet when I was fighting MMA. I was so afraid of the takedown. I never really spent time to learn the takedown. He's like, I'm just going to knock people out. And it just wasn't working. you know. And he knew it wasn't working. But now he is dedicated to fighting just MMA. He's training with Donald Cerrone. He's with a good camp. He's back. Those that group of guys are just cut and tailored, made for him. You got two cowboys in one gym is basically what you have. You got stitch him up, and you got him. There's nothing that he can do. Like I'm watching the replays right now of uh, Connor and Khabib. Khabib shoots his very first shot from so far away, gets in on the single leg, like he's basically on an ankle pick, and just. Connor just never gets back up. He's able to finally get the takedown. I mean, he made Khabib work for that takedown, the very first one. But it was such a shitty shot. But Khabib's chain wrestling, Khabib's 
um, awareness at all times when he's on the legs, he's working his way up the body, all these things. These are things that, like, over the years, Sambo has helped prepare him for, but also just being in a room full of good guys that are all dedicated to the same exact thing that he was dedicated to, and that's called being the champion and being the best. You know, so there's just a ton of things. There's so much There's so much that goes into it. Connor thinks that it's going to be different, and I would say maybe it'll be a little bit more competitive. <clears throat> he may win another round, but I think the rest of the fight, I don't think so, man. I think the whole fight, the whole fight will be almost exactly the same. He may stop a couple takedowns where he didn't stop really any in this fight. I mean, it just wasn't really, it wasn't, there was nothing there. Khabib's going to do the same thing he did to Connor in the first fight. He's going to do it again if they fight again. Hey, Chris, is that it? That's it. All right, guys. Well, hey, I want to thank you guys for Punk's opinion. Thanks for listening. Thanks for, uh, thanks for. I don't even know what you guys paid. But, hey, thanks for paying. I appreciate it. And, um, look, we're going to do a couple more of these things you know, leading up. But my take on the Paul Malignaggi and Artem Lobov. Just remember, you heard it here first, guys. You heard it here first. If Artem Lobov, if Artem Lobov fights smart, I think you give, I give him a 70% chance, 60 to 70% chance of winning this fight against Paul Malignaggi. If he fights like it's a boxing match, Polly wins this fight hands down. We'll see. We'll see which smart Artem Lobov shows up. All right, guys. We're out. Punk's opinion. Thank you. Hit subscribe. Share this. Hit the thumbs up. That'll share the video to everyone. Please share our content. Share our stuff. And I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Go back through our old videos as well. Check out the two Khabib interviews. Check out uh, Javier Mendez's interview. That's a pretty dope one. There's a lot of history in there as well. Uh, talk about Khabib, DC, Kane, Luke, Swick, uh, Luke Rockhold's, uh, Mike Swick, John Fitch, we talk about everybody. You know, that whole thing was about Frank Shamrock, BJ Penn. We even talk about them. I mean, this is so much history just from that one uh, that one video. A lot of history just in the sport of MMA. Brian Johnson as well, who fought in UFC 3. There's so much to talk about. Um, who else did we have on? We had um, Anthony Johnson on twice. Brendan Schaub. We had Brendan Schaub on also. Check that one out. Mike Goldberg. Mike Goldberg with uh, Anthony Johnson the first time. We had Tyler Farr, who was a country singer. Had him on as Tyler well. Allen. We had who else? Jimmy Allen. Jimmy Allen. Oh, we had Tori Belletti on from Mythbusters. He oh, was, was on. Cool. That was dope because yeah. he talked about all the stuff because he worked on the Star Wars stuff too. Oh, so right. he talked about all that stuff too, about how he set up the sets and how he did all the graph. It was pretty dope, man. He talks about that, how they blew shit up at Mythbusters. And we got a lot of good uh, old videos that you guys can go back and uh, listen and watch. We also had Ali Malay McFarlane on just as of recently. We also had Big John McCarthy on. Those two are fucking dope. You Big John has there. a ton. Big John's fucking, his show's blowing up. Go back through that. He's got like uh, 150, 160,000 views already. So check that out. Um, we had Brendan Schaub on as well. So those are just a couple people that we had on. You guys go back through and check those out. And you guys, if you guys have questions, hit us up in the comment section. And uh, next time we do a Q&A for fans, Hit me up on any of those and show me that you guys actually went through all those old videos and watched, listened. Give me some input. All right, guys. I appreciate it. You guys can also see hopefully we've come a long way since way back then to be in now. So, all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. And I truly appreciate it. Josh Punk Thompson here. Thank you. Bye.